Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast where Welsh rugby matters. If you love Welsh rugby, this is the place for you. So Ireland and France may have taken the headlines this weekend, but Wales romped past Italy with ease to put them second in the Six Nations table. We've only got one round of Six Nations game left. Where has that gone? And we'll be covering all the big issues, so don't go anywhere. A quick word from our sponsors before we get underway. That, of course, anyone who's listened before will know our sponsors are So Coffee Trades. Many thanks to them for supporting the show for a number of months now. And if you've not tried it and you're a coffee lover, you need to head over to socoffeetrades.co.uk. And next time you can enjoy the Attack and Scrum podcast with a top quality coffee in your hands. Right, Dan Killick, a man I speak to more than I do my own fiance, is joining me once again. Dan, how are you? Very good, Jed. I tell you, I've had several coffees today. Is that right? Just about needed needed a bit of a pick me up, did you? I did, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Big weekend of rugby. Was big weekend of rugby, yeah. A couple of results I didn't see coming there. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely, definitely didn't see France turn over England. I, I, yeah, I could see that coming. See, um, I don't think I don't think England have looked that great. Well, no, they haven't. I mean, two on the to lose two on the spin, um, I think he's you know, a definite bloody nose for Eddie Jones. And to then go into this game against Ireland, you know, Ireland have got everything to play for here. I know. Um, yeah. You know, I know this is a Welsh pod, but do you think they can bounce back? Well, you look, a, a Welsh pod is always is always good as long as England are losing, aren't they? So, um, uh, exactly. Yeah, look, they can bounce talk back. about England now. It will be, a, it will be a, tough, a tough week of training for that lot, I'd have thought. And I would expect Eddie Jones to be, you know, to be pretty brutally honest with them and expect a a result um, come the weekend. So, look, yeah, I think back, being back at Twickenham will help them out. But, you know, yeah, I mean, we've got to remember, haven't we, they haven't lost. They haven't lost at home, have they, under yeah. Eddie? So. Well, this is true. But, yeah, God, Ireland have got everything on the line. You know, it's they've got to be going all out for that Grand Slam. And, um, and to be honest, I... Ireland have kind of done it at a canter for me. I think they've got they have, yeah. they've got miles yeah. more in their locker than they've shown so far. They 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 know how to win, don't they? Yeah, they do. They a do. very canny side, and uh, yeah, it's hard to see it's hard to see anything other than a than an Irish win there. Even though you know how difficult it is to go to to go to Twickenham, it's gonna be that's gonna be a fascinating game. It is, yeah, and uh, yeah, on St Paddy's Day as well. I think there'll be uh, more than a few pints of Guinness. Uh, bought, spilt uh, and consumed uh, in South West London and beyond. But anyway, we, as you say, this is a Welsh rugby podcast, so let's crack on and, and start dissecting, um, dissecting Wales. Anyone who's listened before uh, will know that the first part of the show is called Fact or Fiction, which is where we debate a series of statements to get to the bottom of the big issues from within Welsh rugby. Um, and this week, we've kind of got a selection change of our own. So Dan Killick is going to be asking me the questions uh, in a bit of a, a bit of a reversal of the usual of the usual role. So uh, far away, Dan. Yeah, a lot of prep uh, went into these over the last 24 hours. Yeah, so, I bet it did. Absolutely. Thank I you, bet Dan. it did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first up on fact and fiction. Liam Williams confirmed that he's not a fullback. Fact or fiction? <sighs> yeah, this is really really a tricky one, actually. Look, I think based on based on Sunday's showing, um, he didn't look particularly comfortable there. I think he, we know he's great under the high ball. Um, that was not his finest game. It was kind of it was riddled with errors. Do you know what I think the main thing for me that showed that he is not? I wouldn't say he's not a fullback, but I'd say he's not deserving of the fullback shirt at the moment. And I think it's just he looks he looks to do too much every time he gets the ball. He is trying. To take forcing. someone on, and I think you're right. He's he's venturing into forcing it. Now, as you know, I love a a counter attacking fullback, and you know I think that's obviously been the the kind of the criticism of Halfpenny in in recent times, certainly prior to this Six Nations. But at the same time, I think you've you've got to recognise when it's on, when it's not, and you've got to look to bring your wingers into play as well. And I think Liam's kind of he's I think he's almost guilty of of trying too hard, and yeah, like you say, like you say, I think he's he's forcing it a little bit at the moment. But you think that's just that's just at the moment there is you you, you can you could see him as a fullback, yeah. Yeah, I could. I think if he can um, 
my main concern is is bringing the wingers into play and not trying to do it all from himself. You know, we know what a devastating runner he can be from fullback. We saw that during the Lions tour. And look, if you're good enough to start a Lions test match again or a Lions test series against New Zealand from fullback, then I don't think um, I don't think you can write you can write him off and say that he's mm. he's not a fullback. But I do think that he's he's probably not deserving of that place at the moment. It's more of a gamble, isn't it, with Liam Williams, I think, a fullback, because if it if it comes off, then it's going to go very, very well. But it can equally go not so well. Um, whereas, you know, with Halfpenny, you, you kind of, you absolutely know what you're getting, don't you? Um, and I think that's probably where the Welsh management have had question marks, haven't they, over, you know, the passing, the forcing of things positionally. So it's just a bigger risk, isn't it? Do you think they've been proved right? Well, yeah, I mean, on, on the showing, you know, on the showing on the weekend, yeah. Um, you know, he made a, he made a number of errors, didn't he? And if you compare that to, to Halfpenny, he doesn't, he doesn't make mistakes, does he really? Um, and you're the last man there, so I don't, you know, the Welsh management have, 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 have got it right, haven't they? Do you think then it's, you know, it's, it's Halfpenny's shirt now? He's got that, he's got that kind of nailed on. Yeah, I really do. I think it's going to be very, very difficult to, you know, to to remove that. Um, but equally with, you know, with Liam, we do have a, uh, it's a very different, it's a very different looking Welsh side, isn't it? Mm. With Liam there. So I think it's quite a nice balance. Um, quite, quite, you know, quite a nice thing to have really, isn't it? We need, you know, we want, we want different people in different positions. Yeah, I still don't think that those kind of, that counter-attacking running threat question mark has gone from, from Halfpenny. I think it's, it'll probably have done his confidence the world of good getting on the score sheet in the first game. Obviously, he missed the England game. Um, but then, you know, I, th- I think he did make he did make you know a really nice break yesterday. And I think that's just what we need to see more of. I, I still don't think, you know, that's, that's fully answered yet. And as I've said a number of times, I, I almost think that you need a, a ball-playing Fullback these days. I wouldn't say I'd be dropping half penny out of the lineup, but you know, repeat it till I'm blue in the face. I would like to see him have a little run out on the wing, um, and look at some other options at fullback. You know, I think, namely Patchell, yeah, yeah, I, I really would. You know, I looked good when he came on. Didn't he? he did. I think this is the you know every. It's fascinating at the moment because I think there's so many different options and loads of different players, but all have question marks over certain parts of their game. And I think the one over Patchell is kind of can he do it when the pack isn't on the front foot? And we definitely wouldn't have learned, out, learned much about that yesterday because, again, Wales are pretty dominant. They had some good go-forward ball and, and Patchell was able to show what we know he's capable of doing on the on the front foot. And, you know, the the offloads and the, um, the little deft touches. But then you've also got that silly daft penalty kick that he's that he's put touching goals. So, <laughs> he uh, yeah. he continues to be a bit of an enigma, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of good points there. It's how much how much how much do we learn from from those types of games about his about him as a player? Yeah. Um, and you could bring in others there as well. Couldn't you? Do you know what though? I do think that as wholesale change kind of games go, we learnt a lot more yesterday than uh, than we do in you know that, like we've said before those games that we played against Georgia, for example, over the autumn. And I do think that on this occasion, actually, I think we got to have a look at and learn kind of quite a good, quite, a, quite a few important things. I think we got to see some of the combinations um, firsthand. So actually, I, I do think that as games go, um, putting out, you know, a, a much changed lineup, that actually was a worthwhile exercise. Yeah. And there's a lot to, there's a lot to be happy about, isn't there? Because it certainly wasn't the perfect performance, but then how is it, you know, it was never going to be, was it, with that many changes? So I think we uh, I think we need to celebrate this one. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I really do. Okay, so on to number two. Mm-hmm. Wales need to learn from England's mistakes and pick an agile pack over a power-based one. Fact or fiction? And that's thanks to Geraint Jeremy there. Yeah, um, tricky this one, isn't it? 
Um, mm. Look, I, I think it's less about the size and I think it's more about the balance. You know, I know it's a bit of a rugby cliche having a balance in a back row, but we've said that, that England just have not had that um, during the Six Nations and it's caused them problems. It's caused them problems against Scotland, caused them problems against France. Um, so, yeah, I, look, I think we need a pack that is able to, to boss the breakdown, as simple as that. And that, for me, means picking an out-and-out out seven, which, which England don't often dropping do, Josh yeah. Navidi for me. Yeah. Okay. I think... So I you, think you'd start Tipperick? I would start Tipperick. And I just think, again, he showed what a, what a class yeah. act he is on <clears throat> Sunday. He's got everything in his locker as far as I'm concerned. We know, you know, his, we know what his he's like. His middle name is balance, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And he's got everything. I, I don't, I, you know, I think him doing that role from, from six, you know, kind of having the dual fetches with him and him and Cubby out there. I think he just showed that he is able to do all of that donkey work. And I, I've said this for ages, you know, I, that's never really been a question mark for me. I think he gets through a ton of work tackling wise as, as Cubby did, uh, I do think he's very good over the ball, and we know he can be devastating in um, we know he can be devastating in open play. Uh, so look, I I think it just comes down to picking your best seven who's able to to help slow some ball down. I think Tipperick is capable of doing that. So your back row, your back row then for next weekend would be Shingler, Tipperick, and who would yeah, yeah, definitely. I could, yeah. I could, I could, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I think he um. I think Falatau kind of had a good game as skipper. I think he showed what he's what he's capable of doing. And I think, you know, for all the kind of how good he is with ball in hand and the you know, he's got he's got good soft pair of hands that that helps. He's big in defence, but he also he slows ball up. You know, he's a he's such a an all round eight for me. And um yeah, I think he, he walked straight back into that team now. For me, that was a, a good audition. But and you know, and I love Ross Moriarty as you know. But I think when it comes to who is the better eight, I think uh, I think it is Toby. Yeah, I would totally agree with you there. See that one? Is that a big hit he put in? Yeah, oh, I th- you know, I loved that. I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was spot on. You know, that's, I th- welcome back. Tommy Allen took a, a fair few hits, didn't he? I think he took a a big fend from Gareth Davis in the first half as well. So, but you know, I think there's a there's always an element of that. You know, you want that. You want your number eight to be putting in a few bone bone rattling hits on uh, on the outside half. So, yeah, exactly what I wanted to be seeing. They've looked quite physical as well, haven't they, France? Um... They've tackled. They've tackled hard. It's been. I think we're gonna. It's gonna be a real, a real war this next game. Mm. Um, what do you, what do you think uh, about agility over power? Where would you stand on this? I'm sort of. <laughs> you, you need a bit of both, don't you? Um, I mean, Shingler is. Shingler is one of those players that. I think is. You can't drop him, can you? Um, he has. He, he kind of he kind of goes between the two, doesn't he? He's got a big power game, mm. um, but he's also got lovely hands now, which seems to have developed yeah. over the last couple of seasons. Um, he's great on the line now, so he's he's somebody that can go between the two. And to 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 that extent as well, I think Tipperick is as well. I think people often under- underestimate the power that he has. Yeah, he's pound for pound, incredibly strong, isn't he? You see that when he's holding players up, he'll often have sort of two or three players, you know, that he's holding up or on him. And um, and then Fanatis is Fanatis. So I really like that back row that you've picked. Um, I think a lot of it will come down to the you know, the second rows, isn't it? We need we need some real power there. All right, um, that's a, that's an interesting one. I thought Coriel had a good game again yesterday. He did, um, didn't he? he? Got his first try. He got his first try. I thought he um, put in another all round shift. Does loads of donkey work as you'd as you'd imagine. But if you're talking about power. You know, presuming Alan Wynne Jones comes straight back into to skip of the side, which you'd imagine, would Corey Hill be your option next to him? Yeah, I don't think we can drop him now, can we? You know, another um, the lineouts seem to function well. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he's the main man there, so I'd say it's going to be Alan Wynne and, and, and Corey there for, for, for certain. Okay, all right. Let's uh, let's go on to point number three then. 
Okay, point number three. Second place in the Six Nations is irrelevant. Fact or fiction? Um, this is twofold for me. I think in terms of what it means to finish second in the, you know, in kind of, in terms of, you know, uh, prestige, I think it is irrelevant. I think, you know, second is kind of, in a tournament, you know, if you're second in a, a league across the course of a season, I think that can mean something. I think when it's a five game, uh, when it's a five game tournament, I actually don't think it matters whether you finish second, third, fourth, particularly. I don't think it shows a great deal, you know, who finished, you know, who finished third and fourth in the Six Nations last year. I don't really know. I, you know, for me, I think you have to judge each of the games as individual test matches. If you finish first, now that matters. If you finish last, I think that probably matters as well. But in between, I think it doesn't mean a great deal. Now, the the way this does differ is there's prize money allocated accordingly. So we all know that we're strapped for cash in in Wales. Um, well, not strapped for cash, but we're always going to need more cash, you know, particularly um, when it looks at, at funding the club game. In order to do that, you're going to need a successful a successful union so the more money we can bring in in terms of prize money the better so i would say in terms of second place meaning a lot um meaning a lot on the pitch i think it is it is irrelevant i think meaning a lot off the pitch in terms of the real money um you'd have to say uh you'd have to say it is relevant it's interesting you you say the money side of it what do you think there's anything in you know momentum there so you know, we've come into this campaign after a pretty poor autumn series. Yeah. Um, you know, lots of injuries. And, you know, we're actually, you know, if we if we are to finish in second place, that's mm. that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know, I think momentum comes from comes from winning games. And fine, you know, we, we put Italy away at home. I thought we had a good performance against Scotland. I think you need to look at them individually. And... I think mm-hmm. you have to look and say we were blown away against Ireland. And I think with hindsight, you could say we've we missed an opportunity at Twickenham. I think, yep. you know, not just the, the TMO or that Sam Underhill tackle. I think you've got to look at that and say yeah, England were there for the taking. Yeah, we should have. Yeah, I think should we have got a couple more tries, shouldn't we? I think we should have done more in that game. And again, if we, you know, if we're going back to that back row, um, that back row point, I think... There was probably an opportunity to to do a number on them at the breakdown, and perhaps we didn't selection wrong then. I think so. I mean, it's difficult, you know, because I, I think Navidi did a good job. Um, he's done a very yeah. good job every time. He's not let anyone down. But I think uh, I think in particularly the the England and the Ireland games, those two sides had too much front football, and we needed someone in there to slow things down. The way the game is now, and particularly the way it was refereed against Ireland, you know, you need you need to be able to to, to slow the ball down. And if you're not doing that, then sides like uh, like England and Ireland are going to are going to give you trouble. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say that the selection did go a bit a bit awry in um, in that game. So, look, you know, I think um, I'm all for momentum, and I don't think it's been a disastrous Six Nations by any by any measure. Um, and I think a hell of you know a hell of a lot more will kind of come out of it with the game against France on on Saturday. Number four, Anscombe is in the box seat to play ten against France. Fact or fiction? I think this is fact to me. Simple um, as that. Yeah, I think so. I think you've got to say that. Um, I, I think I don't think he did. I don't think he did much wrong. He showed some nice glimpses. I certainly don't think he's you know he's got it nailed down. But I also think that you've got to give him um you've got to give him that run out against against France. I don't think he did enough to have the shirt taken away from him. So for me, I think he is he is ahead. But there's just there's there's so little in this. You know, I I think we're gonna end up coming to the end of this um this Six Nations without really knowing who our best ten is, you know, unless whoever it is, whether it is Anscombe, has a an absolute blinder against France. But I think you've got to. I think you've got to put him in there again, really. Yeah, I would. I would go with the same. I think he he didn't um, he didn't try too much. I think you know when you do get given your chance, you can you can often try a little bit too much from ten, can't you? Mm. Um, and he just kept everything ticking. Um, I think we tended to. 
there wasn't too much continuity at times, was there? But again, with the with the number of um, the number of changes that were made, it's always going to get it's always going to be difficult to get absolute fluidity, isn't it, between between everyone? Um, I mean, thank thank goodness for Hadley. Yeah, I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about him in a bit more uh, in a bit more length in kind of yeah. uh, shortly. But yeah, I think just to just to stick with Anskin for a moment. I think out of what we've seen, so obviously we've seen one game from Bigger, we've seen uh, two starts from Patchell and an appearance off the bench, and then we've seen Anskin play 15 in the England game. This is his first start at, at 10. I think really, although it's been against the weakest opposition, he has shown, I think he's probably looked the most comfortable with this this style of rugby that Wales are, are trying to play. Yeah, he's had a good, he's had a good campaign, hasn't he? Um, generally, every time he's... Uh... You know, he's either come off the bench or, um, you know, or started. I think he's gone fairly well. He could have, could have been better, but I think it's uh, he's done all right, isn't he? Yeah, Generally. I think just, so just I... to put it into to put it into context, as you uh, as you know, I'm a bit of a bit of a racing fan, so I'm I'm gearing up for for Cheltenham tomorrow, and I'm sure uh, the bookies are gearing up to take take my money off me as well. But to put it into like a bit of a racing analogy, I think it's kind of like, you know, we've seen Rhys Patchell. As if he's, you know, as if he's won a race by by 20 lengths in the game against Scotland. Um, but I think what we've seen from from Gareth Anscombe is like, you know, a, a couple of second places, but against some really good, some really good opposition. So I think if you were to look at it in the kind of like a, a horse racing form analogy, I think Anscombe has the has the best form. I think Bigger's got great form, but going back a number of years and. Um, and I think it's kind of like, you know, we, we kind of know what to expect from Bigger. Um, I think Anscombe is the, is the one at the moment that you'd say is is in the best form and has the, the best that you can that you can pull out of those performances. So you'd you'd start him, yeah? Will Gatlin start him? I would. I, I think Gatlin will start him. And I think I would as well, just based on based on form. You know, putting aside the fact that, you know, I, um, I'd always be tempted to throw in a a really aggressive attacking backline. I think if you're looking at who's going to be able to, to control it, to do the job best, um, then I think I probably would go with Anscombe again. From what, from what we've seen? From what we've seen, I think, you know, he did a good job against, a good job against England, um, particularly in the, uh, particularly, you know, in the, the latter stages of the game. I thought he showed some really good glimpses there. I thought he, he played very well yesterday. Um, and do, you know, do you know what we need, Jed? Go on. We need we need two more games. Yeah, we can, we kind of do, to be honest. <laughs> we need a couple more, don't we? Yeah, I think we do, and um, yeah, it's it's a really really difficult one. Obviously, you know, he, he threw that inset pass against Ireland, which was a mistake, no doubt. But you know, we were trying to force the game a little bit at that at that stage. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing for me, I, I still have a bit of a nagging doubt about whether he is. He is the guy to really cause trouble for oppositions. I think he's almost a, he's quite a safe bet. He's, you know, he is, um, he does offer you something in attack, but is he of the very, very highest level um, of outside half in world rugby? I don't know. I'm just not sure yet. And I think part of that is because I'm still not sure that 10 is his best position. Yeah, I think, it, I mean, if we look back at his, his track record as well. He has been hampered massively by injury, isn't he? And I, yeah. that, that can't have helped. So it'd be it'd be great now to see Anscombe staying fit for a you know for a for a full season, wouldn't it? And then because I just think that will have a massive impact on him. Um, he's definitely got a, a great skill set, isn't he? Um, and yeah, he he does look to be an exciting option at ten. I've seen more of him this campaign, I think, than than you know than we ever have done really, haven't we? In terms of glimpses of, of Sort of showing lots of different bits, so um, it's, it's 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 not going to be easy, isn't this ten chat? Is this ten position? Well, no, I was I was joking earlier on Twitter with um, with Matt Armstrong, who I know is a, a regular listener, and it just seems like we're we're set to talk about this every week, and I think we will be. I kind of feel like going into the going into the World Cup, we'll still be we'll still be talking about this. Yeah, well, maybe maybe injuries will uh, <laughs> will determine who. Uh, you know who starts? Hopefully not. But um, yeah, they're just they're just so different as well, aren't they? Yeah, they, it's it's kind of a great a great position to be in, but equally it's 
a little bit frustrating that we that nobody exactly knows. Yeah, I I just think yeah, it's so tough. I, I agree with you there. I think we need a couple more games to to find out. And who knows? Maybe the summer tour will will help to to shed a bit more a bit more light on it. Um, but yeah, there's there's some exciting options in there. But no one has really taken hold of the shirt and gone, yeah, that's that's mine. You know, whether it was bigger coming back in and and reaffirming his position, he certainly didn't do that. Um, you know, I think Anscombe shown the the best out of out of the three across the the course of the campaign. Um, but then, you know, the, the most flamboyant highs have kind of come with Patchell in 10. So I think this is, is set to rage on for a bit longer. Yeah, sure is. Yeah. Um, and on to number five, then. The man of the moment, Hadley Parks, is simply Wales's most important player now. Fact or fiction? I think it is a fact for me. It's got to be, isn't it? I think it is. You know, I think he's been massively consistent. When Wales are on the back foot, he doesn't let you down. When he gets some front football, he is, you know, I just think he's done, he's such a perfectly balanced centre and um, he uses class. You know, he knows when to put boot to ball. He knows when to look for that offload. He's fantastic in defence. He can truck it up a bit if you need to. You know, we've said before, the only question mark really was about his, his pace. And I, I just think his positioning and his, you know, kind of the the top two inches mean that, He's yeah, generally in the right place at the right time. So, yeah, I I do think he's Wales' most important player right now. And I think particularly when you're trying to transition into a new style of play, he has, you know, he's demonstrated that he's he is a he can be a playmaker as well as a uh, as well as a, a really solid, dependable player. Yeah, because that's I mean, what what has come out of this campaign is that we we can score tries now, and I don't think it's any coincidence, is it, that you know Hadley's been in the side. Um, and has meant that we can actually, you know, we can actually finish off set pieces, pass when we need mm. to, and and you know, he, to be fair to him as well, he scores, you know, he scores tries, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He knows um, that little, is. that little sort of that little spin that he does, mm. he's um, he's difficult to stop, isn't he? And again, Very I think, I think he's deceptively strong as well, isn't he? He but really he's not, is. Yeah. He's not a crash yeah. ball centre, but he's he's certainly not afraid of taking it into contact and. Uh, you know, as he, well, he always makes he always makes ground, doesn't he? When he when he take when he crashes the ball, like, you see it for Scarlet's the new time and time again. He's sort of almost going in with his head, with every with everything he's got, um, but doesn't get injured either, does he? So no, so, yeah, touch wood. That's probably the kiss of death now, isn't it? But hopefully that will yeah. uh, that remain the case because I just yeah. think that if he is injured, then I don't think there's very many players who can who can step in and make that same impact. I think you know I think Owen Williams did okay in the autumn, but I certainly wasn't kind of a hundred percent convinced that um, that you know that he was he was necessarily the right option um, as inside centre. You know, certainly didn't he didn't do much wrong, but I felt like we were playing with the ball behind the game line an awful lot. Whereas I think Parks just offers the the perfect all round package, and and it kind of makes it a bit easier. Um, well, it makes it a lot easier for whoever's playing inside him. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. So we're going for we're definitely going for a fact there, then, yeah. I know. I think we've agreed. Uh, we've agreed on pretty much all of these, haven't we? We have tonight, yeah. 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 Maybe it's because you're we not have. here. Possibly, possibly, possibly it's that. Yeah. I've got. A, I've got a, something else I wanted to Go ask you as well. There's um, North. Mm. Looked sharp, didn't he? Yeah, I thought he went well. Hungry. Yeah. I thought he had. Uh, I thought he had a good run out. He's. I think he's looking for space a bit more. I, don't, I feel like he's not just trying to run over people. I think he, he keeps kind of doing that step in front of people, kind of trusting his trusting his pace. So he's trying to kind of buy a little bit of room on the outside and knows if, if he does get away, he's a very, very hard man to stop. So I still he think... He off the ball as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I still think he's got, you know, um, he's got uh, more to find to get back to that kind of 2013 vintage, but encouraging signs, definitely. Yeah, we just need the the more we get him on the ball, mm. the more impact he has, which is obvious because he's a big, big bloke, isn't he? But um, yeah, I was really impressed with how he went. Um, it's good to see him. Good to see him back to some 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 strong form. Yeah, and getting what about um, what about um, you know, well, James Davis we touched on, you know, Elliot D starting. What did you think of these boys? I thought both of them looked more than comfortable at, at test level. Um, Granted, you know, this Italy team doesn't look like it's the biggest test at the moment, but 
you know, I thought Cubby was involved very, very early on. It was a bit of a mixed bag for him. You know, there's a daft penalty in there and um, knock on, but there was nothing in that performance that made me question whether he, you know, whether he'd be he'd feature again for Wales. I think he's he's a player I'd like to see play for Wales on a on a more regular basis. And uh, yeah, I thought Elliot looked <clears throat> looked massively comfortable as well. I thought he, you know, is uh, the line out which we were saying. The line out went well. Didn't it, it? it did, yeah. So you know, I think that was again credit to him to to the to the whole um, pack as a unit. I know they used Justin Tipperick a lot as a as a jumper as well, which was um, good to see them kind of call in on that experience. And it's not yeah, to be underestimated I, this either. This this the lineup going so well. No, it's very not. very easy for that to completely fall apart. Anyone who's watched Welsh rugby during my lifetime will know that <clears throat> you should never take, never ever take a take um line out ball for granted because it's it's been one of those areas that even when we've been playing well has been has been tricky. So uh, yeah, no, I I thought um I was delighted for him really. I thought he he did um. He did really well. He looked as though I think he was blowing when he came off after 60 minutes. But, you know, that's the modern game, really, isn't it? You, As a hooker, you give everything you've got for for 60 minutes. And, and bringing Ken Owens off the bench is certainly no bad thing. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. So, here's the big question. When will we see James Davis in the Welsh shoot again? Good question. Um, very good question. It's not easy, is it? No, it's not. Um like I say, I think Tipperick will come back into the side, which then means kind of what are we going to see on the bench? Who is the player who we're, we're going to see down there? You kind of think it would be Harsh for Navidi to be dropped out of the 23 altogether, but I don't think Harsh kind of comes into it when, when Gatland is uh, when Gatland's selecting sides. So I think he generally does go for what he thinks is the best, the best line-up. If it was me picking the side, I'd be tempted to put Cubby on the bench knowing that he can... He can make a difference, but then I think you've also got to, to bear in mind that Navidi can cover all different positions, um, or you've got the option of Moriarty as well. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think we'll see him against France. He's probably going to. So I yeah, guess the be, summer. Be disappear now only for a while, but he's got his cap. He's got his cap. No, I, I don't think so. I think the summer might be a different um, might be a different kettle of fish. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we were to to see him. Um, to see him again in the in the summer, uh, at least I, I hope so. Um, and who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe he'll maybe Gatlin will spring another surprise and he will play against France in some capacity. Well, what do, what yeah, do you well, think? Do you think you think he's gone for a little bit now? Yeah, I do. I do think he's probably he'll, he'll probably be gone. I think he, he he got through an unbelievable amount of work, didn't he? Mm. Um, and I don't know. I I just I just think he'll he'll, he'll disappear for a bit now. Um, but it's just great that he got the cap, isn't it? Mm. Um, if it was, you know, I, I think if we if it hadn't come against Italy, then it wouldn't have happened, would it? So it's just well, I mean, how many times have we said this? It's just too many quality back row players, aren't there? Yeah, there are, but I still think he's he adds something. He adds something very very special to to any side that he's in. So I uh, I hope it's not the the last we see of him. In fact, I'd like to see him kind of sooner rather than later. Uh, so yeah, I, I think he should be he should be targeting the re- you know the rest of the season with the Scarlets. That's you know if he's not involved at the weekend, then he's he's got to be looking at you know a, a crucial uh, period he's got for the Scarlets. And again, if he you know if he shows what he's capable of in uh, the European quarterfinals and on the the title running for uh, for the Pro 14, then you know he's going to put himself right back in contention and. Uh, you know, I just think he's just got to keep knocking away, and you and you can't ignore him. But do you think then that so with the we've got we've got so many options in the back row, haven't we? Yeah, very exactly. very different options. Well, certainly, can certainly we play, seven. Yeah, but, but we've got certain players that we can 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 mix and match a bit. I mean, can we can we feasibly play uh, almost these different back row? You know, these back row. Uh, options against the various different sides, depending on who we're going up against, or do you think you need continuity? No, I think um, you can actually. I think you can, and I think there are certain games where you you can opt for for different um, for different combinations. Uh, because that that that's you know if if is, hindsight is obviously wonderful, isn't it? But looking at the looking at the England game, you know <clears throat> you've you've pointed it out earlier that possibly we made an error. You know, it's seven, 
but obviously because we went so well during, you know, we opened so well, didn't we? That mm. you then think, oh, okay, the guys have gone well. We'll stick with that. But often that is the time when you you do need to make a change. Um, it's hard, isn't it? But it is hard. But I think you're right. I think the horses. For I quite like uh... making different. Yeah, horses for course, depending on who you're going up against. But then other, there's other schools of thought, isn't there, to keep to keep continuity. I I think the game. Uh, you, you almost need to pick. You need to pick your side depending on who you go in, who you're going up against. Oh, um, I'd agree with that. I definitely I really agree do. With that. And you know, like we said, I don't think it's about wholesale changes, but you might in different, you know, different games go for a different option at seven or. Uh, and that will benefit the likes of James Davis, won't it? And then you know, is it going to be Ellis Jenkins, Ollie Griffiths, all these are the all these are the chaps, the VD oh, yeah, so there's, yeah. there's so many options in there. So um, oh, on we go. Yeah, I know. On we go. <laughs> Right, time then for Sinbin, which is the chance for you to, to air your frustrations. Um, we normally uh, normally we ask our, our Facebook group, which is uh, Wales rugby fans, um, to let us know what's been kind of annoying them. Slightly different this week, just because uh, because we're uh, we're a day later on this, so it'll be back to normal next week. Uh, so yeah, it's me and Dan having a look at the things that have have kind of wound us up this week. Um, thing for me, Dan. That's that's kind of annoying me a bit is is uh, the the kind of the constant use of the TMO. I know it's something that we've spoken about before, um, but you know what? I think that Liam Williams that Liam Williams yellow um, it didn't kind of make yellow? sense. I think it was only when you looked at it from one angle in slow mo that you could say it was by the letter of the law dangerous. And I think that's as a result of you know, of TMO stuff. And I just think there's, there's been kind of little room for interpretation. Generally speaking, I think the the high tackle stuff has been, has been dealt with well, but, you know, to go back, look at that three or four times from certain angles and see it in slow-mo, it always looks worse in slow-mo. So I don't know, I'd rather a bit of, a bit of common sense when it came to that. Yeah. He hit, he hit him very hard, didn't he? But his, his hand came from under. His hand um, came from under. He wrapped them both around. Um, yeah, I just think I just think that's bad luck, really. Yeah, my first impression was that it was it was fine, but um, I think you're always going to get that, though, aren't you, with the TMO? Because you 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 sort of you know we all we'll, we'll be looking at more and more stuff. Yeah, indeed, and I think that's the that's kind of that's the, the danger of it is. is the is the kind of the over reliance on it. I think it's great for it's great for checking grounding. I think any foul play that is that is spotted. Um, you know, and that, that to me kind of wasn't foul play. I think it was, it was a, um, the intention was, was fine. Um, but then again, Gat- Gatlin's come out and said it's fine. So yeah, I think I know potentially I'm in the, the minority on this. It's just that it's the way that it, it, it does really kind of slow up the game. Um, and I'm a much bigger fan of when you're able to watch things um, kind of game carries on. And then if someone, something does get called up and it's dealt with quickly rather than, Going in and out and looking just to see if he's if he slipped up a little bit. I think really should be able to look at that tackle and go, do you know what? There probably wasn't a lot in it. Stick yeah. with the original decision. That's my thought anyway. Yeah, yeah. So link to so link to this this uh, this Simbin. Do you Liam Williams is disciplined. Mm. Now he often does something that's a little bit close to the mark, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Is that something? Is that is that a cause for concern? Do you think with him no, playing for Wales? No, not for me. I think it's I think it's an occasional thing, and is that too know, much? Though? No, I think you know Italy. Okay, we got yeah, away with it's it. It's happened against Italy, and I don't think we'll see it for uh, for a while. You know, if you remember, kind of going back three or four years, he got sent off for the Scarlets in um, in one of the Judgment Day games, and again, you know, it'd be easy to kind of look at that and and say. Uh, you know, he's, he's has got kind of disciplinary problems. I think that actually it's, it's a momentary blip. And to be honest, I think he's probably going to miss out as a result. So not not just as a result of, of indiscipline, but as a result of not having the, the best game. And I think it'll, I think he'll bounce back in the right way. I think he'll go back and, and you know, for kind of all the, the chirpy character that he is, I think he is a guy who... Um, works incredibly hard on his game and I think this will spur him on to to want to go and uh, put together better performances you know I mean look we're we're looking at a player who 
you know, Saracens could have any player in the world they wanted, realistically, and and they went out and and uh, and signed Liam Williams. So, I uh, I wouldn't be writing him off after after this one thing. And to be honest, for me, I don't think his discipline is a is necessarily a problem. I'm sensing that you do. I I, I don't know where I am with it really. He does. It's it's just something that literally popped into my head as we talk as we're talking now that he does. Um. I think his discipline for Wales has been a little bit ropey, um, and then because it's because it's often on such fine margins, you have to have a look at that, don't you? Yeah. I, I, he's a wonderful player. I'm a huge fan, and I think you know he's um, in terms of attacking threat. He's he often creates he creates something out of nothing, doesn't he? Um, and his commitment as well. Probably the fact that he's he's such a competitive animal. Um, <laughs> That therein lies the problem a little bit, isn't it? That if he's competing for a ball, he's you know he's going in to win that every single time, isn't he? Yeah. Same with his tackling, his clearing out. So he's off. He might find himself on the wrong side of things. But I would, I wouldn't, you know, I love that about him. So I'm kind of with you. And I'm a. Well, it's that know. big question, isn't it? Is is can you kind of coach that out of a player, or is it just is that the way he plays, and you've got to kind of you know. Yeah, it's in his DNA. It's, it, that's it, that's Liam Williams's DNA, isn't it? Yeah, I think sure. I think it is, and you know you wouldn't want to curb that competitiveness, but you also just want to make sure he makes the right decisions at at the right time. So, um, I don't know. For me, not a big worry to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Um, anything, anything else? To pop anything in else you want to chuck in the sim bin? No, nothing. Nothing. Nothing additional. No. Just we just obviously link those two together there. Mm. Um, it's obviously a little bit different, isn't it, tonight with with us doing this from uh, on a on a Monday, yeah. the old. Uh, the old day, really, wasn't it? No, Wednesdays we used to do it. Was it Wednesdays? Yeah, it used, used to be a Wednesday night. I think the very first one we did do on a Monday night, and it took me four days to edit it, so I'd never had any experience doing it. And then it went out on a Friday morning, I think. But uh, after that, it's been uh, it's been consistently, uh, yeah, it was Wednesdays for a long time, and then and then recording on a Sunday night, ready for for the Monday morning commute. So uh, yeah, we'll be back to normal next week anyway. So I'm sure actually. That, uh, that people will be chucking, uh, chucking the fact that I took a took a couple of days off in the sim bin because um, we didn't give them their fix of rugby Welsh rugby on a on a Monday morning. So that'll be back back to normal next week. And we should say at this point as well, Dan, we've got a lot of exciting stuff lined up as well, haven't we? We have, yeah. It's a very very exciting event taking place middle of this week. So yeah, watch your space, eh? Watch this space. So hopefully we'll have some highlights uh, of that to bring with you. Got a few uh, a few interviews lined up uh, over the weekend uh, while we're down in Cardiff. Which again, I don't want to say too much at this stage because uh, you kind of you never want to jinx it. So as uh, as soon as we've got those in the in the bag, we'll start um, we'll start teasing them. But I think for uh, just to to quickly finish on this, you know, it's uh, it's exciting times for us here. So hopefully we're gonna have uh, you know some really interesting guests to to hear from and and keep building um keep building on that and obviously a big thanks to everyone who's who's listened um who's listened to us uh, throughout that period and all the guests that we've had on so uh, yeah hopefully uh, more exciting times to come time then now for any other business which is the last part of the show this is our roundup of uh, of all the other things that have been happening uh, in and around wales this week um so yeah, a couple of interesting ones here dan and some some kind of breaking news as we come to air uh, it's my understanding that cardiff blues are set to announce their uh, their new head coach oh and, and this is a guy called John Mulverhill. I think that's how you pronounce it. And my first question for you is, have you ever heard of him? John Mulverhill? Yeah. I'm, I was, no. No. And prior to, prior to earlier on this afternoon, nor had I. So he's an um, Australian coach, uh, was, was backs coach at, uh, at the Western Force when they were in existence. And uh, I believe he's, he's coaching in Japan at the moment, um, but certainly not what you'd call a, a high profile appointment if, uh, if this is the case. Um, do you think that's kind of an indication of where the Blues are at? Well, yeah, it probably is. I mean, I, I don't, it's difficult to comment, isn't it? You don't know, yeah. what, I don't know how, you know, how good he is, but um, the fact that we don't, uh, uh, you know, we, we don't know, we don't know too much about him, then, um, yeah, it probably says says a fair bit, doesn't it? Um, 
that being said, I don't think um, it doesn't mean that they're not they're not going to be particularly good, does it, or have a good impact? Um, has there been any other names flying around or I, from, recently? From what, I mean, I'm, from what I'm starting to hear, this is uh, so obviously yeah. There was the Malander, Malander one was the um, was the big one which fell through last week, and um, yeah, it's and a shame yeah, that fell through. Yeah, and um, and this kind of yeah, I think it is a shame, but from from what I'm hearing, I think this is. Um, this could well be the uh, could well be the appointment. So, um, you know, look, I think on the on the positive side is he'll come into a side that I think is playing pretty well at the moment, considering all the nonsense that's going on off the pitch. I think actually the um, the reality is is on the pitch. There's, there's some exciting players there. Um, I think the thing that's potentially a little bit a little bit alarming is we've said a few times we'd like to see a big character who's really got control over the dressing room and of signings and there isn't too much interference from above and I don't know if you know guys primarily been a backs coaches is, um, is the is the man for that I think someone like Jim Mallander who is you know has held a, a big role he's been linked with some big big jobs in the past I think that might have been the case but with this uh, with this appointment um, I think probably less so but then you know we're we're into the middle of March now you're just going to need somebody who's going to be able to get something out of the, the current crop of players. There might, you know, there's probably room to bring in a few more, but um, do you think there might be a case for a link up with 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 one of the exper- you know, one of the ex- very experienced players there then to to help out as well. Yeah, but I mean, you've got some massive massive experience there, and I think you're going to have to. Um, you know, I think you're going to need um, need to call upon that. Uh, so. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, the likes of the likes of Gethin and Gethin and, and Matthew Reese and the likes. You know, I think they're the kind of players that, regardless of whether they're they're playing or not, you're going to want to call upon their experience. It'd be a massive loss if they were to, yeah. you know, if they were to lose them out of the out of the setup. Um, so I think, you know, I think if it was me, I'd look- see that. You think, yeah, yeah. If it was me, I'd be looking to reward them and keep them in the setup. I think you look at the the talented young front rowers that there are knocking around the Blues. Um, I it's think hugely it, exciting, isn't it? It is, yeah. And you know, a guy I really like. I know he mentioned him once or twice before. It's Reese Carrier, who's a, a monster of a loose head. Um, you know, who better in the world to learn from than than Gethin Jenkins? You know, and so likewise, you know, there's there's talented hookers and tight heads in there as well. So I, I just feel like um, it'd be great if uh, if they're able to to utilise the experience that they've got in the uh, in the camp already. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm chuckling now because Murph didn't Murph describe him as uh, an absolute freak, didn't he? Or so was, yeah, uh, Murph, Murph said a lot of things uh, about Reese Carey. <laughs> he said a lot of things I had to edit out as well for fear of uh, <laughs> for fear of anyone ever hearing. That was a four day, probably. Yeah, that was a that was a, it's always a four day edit with Murph. It's either four <laughs> days or you just let everything uh, you let everything slide like we did last time. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, it will, will be it'll be interesting to see how that develops um, and whether that is, whether that is the case. Um, but yeah, John Mulverhill. Uh, so yeah, not a not a household name, but uh, be interesting to see if he does get that job, how he gets on. Right, a couple of other things, Dan. Um, if you a player I know full well that you'll be you'll be familiar with. Uh, so Regan King has turned up at Neath on a on a contract to uh, to play for the Welsh Premiership side. Um, what a player! Yeah, I was going to say he must be a player you enjoyed watching in his pomp. Yeah, I really, yeah, great player. And um, yeah, one captain, you think? Yes, he, he did. He is captain of the Blacks. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great at the Scarlets, wasn't he? Um, yeah, fantastic player. Um, how did that come about? I've no, do you know what? I I don't know how uh, how this has come about, but um, I think any any dressing room when you've uh, when you're warming up next to. Um, Next to Regan King, I think uh, you know, you know, you know. I think it probably won't matter too much how old he is because he's uh, he's just oh, he'll, got, he's he'll just be playing at fifty, won't he? Yeah, he, he, again, we've said it before. He's just he just oozes class, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's yeah. I mean, you know, if you could Hadley Parks, you know, they're they're, they're um, he's, they're in he's in that mould, isn't he? Um, yeah. Didn't he, I think his, his son did his son play for the Scarlets? He did, yeah, yeah. They did. They had a game together, didn't I they? Think they played in the same game together, yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't quite get my head around that because uh, he, he just didn't look old enough. But um, oh, that is interesting. Yeah, 
It is. And um, do you know what? He's set to, he's set to line up uh, alongside Gavin Evans, if you remember him as well, former Scarlets and, and Cardiff Blues Centre. Yeah. So yeah. bags of experience there. Um, we'll have to get down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be, uh, it'd be a fascinating one to, to see how they go. And um, yeah, they're, they're going to need it as well because they're, uh, they're currently sat rock bottom in the table. So um, yeah, might well bring a, a change in fortune for, uh, for the Welsh All Blacks. Yeah, fingers crossed. Right. Another couple of things then. Hallam Amos, this is another one kind of out of left field. Hallam Amos potentially uh, going to play in the, the Commonwealth game side in April. Sevens. Uh, he's, he's such a talented player, isn't he? You can, you can, he'd, he'd absolutely love that, wouldn't he? Um, I think he'd be good for his game as well. Do you? What, uh, what in particular do you think he'll, uh, he'll benefit from playing sevens? I mean, there's. I think we've had. We haven't. We haven't done that well, have we? At converting um, sevens, sort of sevens players into into the sort of fifty man game, have we? Um, which I've always I've always thought is a little bit surprising because mm. a number of the other nations, like the Aussies, do it brilliantly, don't they? Um, but I think we've been a little bit slow slow at that. But this is this is almost. He's doing this a little bit later on, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I um, I think obviously you know, he'll, he'll add a bit of experience into into that side. Um, you know, obviously having played Test rugby, but um, I think you're right. I I wonder whether um, because I think the the kind of the niggling doubt over Halloween was at Test level is potentially whether he's got the out and out pace, and I wonder whether just being exposed to some of the you know some of the the pure speedsters in in sevens uh will give him kind of a you know, a good bit of um, it's a more intense environment to, to work on to work on one facet of your game like pace. I think I wonder whether that could be a good um, a good learning exercise for him. Yeah, it'd be great for his it'd be great for his attacking mindset, won't it? Has um, is is he brought this about then? Um, I believe that the um, the seventh side approached um, approached the union slash the dragons and, and asked for permission for him to. Uh, for him to go, uh, and they did the same for Justin Tipperick, but the Ospreys aren't, um, don't want to let him go. Um, so, which I kind of understand. I mean, Dragons have nothing to play for, as we know, but I'm sure, um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they could use him knocking around the dressing room. Oh, God, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, an, that's an interesting one. I missed this. It is, yeah. And um, the other thing I was going to say as well is following on from our chat about George North, Earlier on, we also mentioned him on the pod uh, the other week. Um, looks as though the Ospreys may be the front runners now. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah, he's definitely um, he's definitely played his last game, hasn't he? I think so. It's not. There's nothing. Nothing more to come now. Isn't there? Yeah, the Ospreys. Well, it's been going on long enough, hasn't it? So let's actually see now if he does go. If he does that. Does turn up there. All right then. Um, just to just to finish, Dan. I'm going to say he is going to end up there. All right. Yeah. No, I think I think you're. I think you're probably right on that one. Just to finish, then, let's. Uh, obviously, we know they're going into the going into the last game against France, which we're uh, we're going down to Cardiff for, which would be fantastic. Um, who's in your side if you're uh, if you're picking it? What changes do you make to the starting lineup? Who comes back in? Uh, who doesn't? I you, I probably I'd start with um, Ken Owens, yeah. Yeah. Nick so Smith keeps his place, or. Uh, or do you, thought, do you go back for tried and tested Rob Evans? I thought I thought Nicky fared up all right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't really sold I, in the scrum. I'd go tried and tested there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Alan Wynn comes back in. What about what about Tighthead? Because um, I actually, you know, I've potentially never been Tom Francis's biggest fan, but I thought he went well in the he scrum did, didn't he? and uh, and probably did a bit more around the park than than we're used to seeing. Yeah, his, his, his stats in the Luke's were impressive, weren't they? For Big Francis. Yeah. Um, he keeps his place? He does. Yeah, he keeps his place for me. All right, into the row. Alan Wynn. Yeah. Comes in, Corey. Okay, yeah, I'd go the same. And then Shingler comes back in. Mm-hmm. With Naveen uh, and Falatau, as we discussed. Well, oh, or well, is go it... On. Um, Last minute change of heart. Yeah, is it Tipperick? Sorry, I I, I meant Tipperick, not uh, not Navidi. Um, yeah, yeah. As we as we mentioned I'd, earlier, Tipperick. Yeah, I'd be I, I don't think we could. Yeah, I'd have Tipperick in for uh, for this one at seven. Okay, half backs. 
Anscombe, Anscombe at 10 with Gareth Davis. Yeah, yeah. Hadley. I don't, I don't really think there's any other option at nine at the moment. No, there isn't really, is there? No, and I think that's something we're going to need to have a look at. Yeah, we are a little short there. I think it'd be interesting uh, to see how Alan Davis goes. I think it'd be interesting to see how Alan Davis goes when he's when he's playing at the Ospreys next season. It will be good. Yeah, it will be good to see that. Um, I just see him hopefully, hopefully starting. You know. Yeah. Right then, uh, Hadley Parks with. Are you going to make a change here? I would. I'd go and Watkin. Yeah. Yeah. I um. Lovely step. Yeah, you know, I, lo- I love his stuff. I just think he's um, he's got some real raw potential at the moment. I think we know what we're going to get from Scott Williams, and I, I do like Scott Williams a lot. Um, I just think it, yeah, I'm going to go with it as well. Come on, bit, I want to yeah, see a bit. I want to see some more of um, a little bit more of uh, yeah, just a, that that step that he's got. I think he, uh, I thought he acquitted himself really well actually, and um, didn't he get looked quick when he went through, out. didn't he? He did look quick. Yeah, he looked really quick. He looked as if he was just sort of cantering along, but yeah. Was moving at a real, a real pace. Lovely, lovely hands as well. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. So uh, I'd be, I'd be happy to see that in another game. And uh, yeah, the back three, which I actually think is the hardest, the hardest thing to pick on the pitch. Yeah, it was Steph. I didn't. Steph, Steph was a, a little game, quiet, wasn't yeah. he? Quiet, but um, I, I still think he needs more game time. Okay. So he, he, he stays. He keeps his place. Yeah. George North, presumably. George Norse, yeah, he's, he's got that shirt, isn't he? And then Halfpenny? Yeah, got to be. Okay, uh, I'd, I'd, make, I'd make a change there. Um, yeah. And I would, as you know, as I said, I've got, I've, I've got to put my money where my mouth is, haven't I? And I would go for, move Halfpenny to the wing in place of Steph Evans and bring Patchell in at fullback. Oh, the big one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it will not happen in a million years, but if I was... Uh, if I was having a crack at it, that would be my that would be my selection. You could you could probably run that though against France, couldn't you? Do you know what I think? There's a could, team. I think the, you could run it, it anyway. Um, I, you know, I think I, I don't know. I'd be keen to explore whether whether this is this could be a goal or not. Um, yeah, it's a risk, yeah, that. But do is it now, is now the time to take the risk? Yeah, it's a meaningful game, is, really. I think you know, look. I think if you pick the rest of that side, that is, um, I mean, it's not meaningless because it's still a test match for Wales, right? So I'm being a bit flippant there, but I also think that you know you should be going out trying a few different things. What's much more important is that we we get to the bottom of a few of these key questions. And for me, I think that I think seeing how well Patchell went at 15 for the Scarlets earlier on in the year in big games, um, I would like to see uh, I'd like to see that again. And I, I think that could be such a, a brilliant playmaking option um, that you're not reliant on him to control the game, but you can benefit from his ball playing skills and uh, the step he's got and that deceptive strength. And you know he's got a big boot on him as well. So that kicking be, game, mind. kicking game needs a bit of work, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I would be less worried about it from fullback, and you got a lot more time. I think you know you're in your own, you're in your own twenty-two a lot of that time as well, so you can just really leather it if you need to and we know he's he's got the counter-attacking ability so um i don't know i think that just could be a it could be a brilliant spot for him but i don't think we'll see it but you think uh, realistic you'd love to see that but realistically he'll be on the bench really? realistically um will he make the bench i think he will make the bench i think he will um yeah so i'd expect to see him on the bench covering 10 and 15 that's what i'd like to see yeah all right, well, that pretty much brings us to a conclusion for another week. Uh, as we say, we've got loads more exciting stuff coming up, so make sure you stay tuned to the Attack and Scrum podcast. Let us know what you think. As always, uh, leave us a review on iTunes uh, if you can do so. Uh, that always helps us out. And let us know what you think um, of our uh, of our selections at Attack and Scrum on Twitter. Make sure you like our Facebook page and join the Facebook group as well, which is Wales Rugby Fans. It's growing really, really quickly. I'm getting loads of requests every single day for this. So jump on board uh, and be a part of it. It's a really good forum to uh, to have some rugby chat and to uh, yeah to, to let everyone know, uh, know your opinions. So make sure you do that. Um, as always, big thanks to our sponsors at socoffeetrades.co.uk. Head over there and get your hands on some top draw coffee. And uh, we'll be back to chat to you very, very soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you.